seeing black teachers, black pilots, black immigration officers, everything was black, everything was Caribbean. Everything was, and that you. was Yeah, and that wasn't something that I was accustomed to. I'm Chantelle Miller, proud Indivision and Jamaican and founder of Island Girls Rock. On this podcast, we champion women of the Caribbean and this diaspora, encouraging them to share their stories in a space created to celebrate them. It's equal parts fun, informative, and always engaging. Welcome to our tribe. On this episode, we journey back to Barbados again and speak to author of Loving the Brothers, Pamela R. Haynes. Really looking forward to this conversation as we touch on domestic abuse, Bimsha pride, and food, of course. Welcome to the show. So, Pamela, I always start off our conversations by asking two questions, the same questions to all the guests. Who are you? Who is Pamela Haynes? Um, Pamela Haynes is a mother first. Mm -hmm. Between my husband and I, we have five children. Right. Um, two from his previous marriage, two from my previous marriage, and we have um, a son together. Pam is also a sister. I'm one of uh, five siblings, mm -hmm. and I'm the eldest, and that comes with all the responsibilities oh, yes. <laughs> of being the eldest um, child. Mm -hmm. um, I am first-generation British, all right. so my parents are from Barbados. Both parents are from Barbados. Both parents are from Barbados. Okay. They came to the UK for different reasons. Mm -hmm. My dad came up when he was 21 mm -hmm. on a four-month work contract mm -hmm. and stayed ever since. Okay. Um, and my mother came up. Um, when she was 15 years old, oh. when her mother passed away. Okay. And she came up here to join her her father, who had been up here from the late 40s, early wow. 50s. So both came to the UK for different reasons, and they met here. Okay. Mm. That's um, lovely. Pam is an author. Yes, now, that's you a, are. That's a We're going to talk about that. Yes. To add to all the other things that I've mm -hmm. been um, been doing, and it's it's taken a while for me to um, become accustomed and um, embrace that um, okay. that title. Okay. Um, but um, yes, the, that's a new that's 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 who that's Pam another is. feather in your cap. Yeah. Wonderful, a wonderful feather, by the way. So you've already answered my second question in a way because we always ask, "What island are you repping?" Barbados. Barbados. In the, we've had one other person from Barbados here already, actually. Samantha Williams, book love. So, you know, I guess on average, um, Barbados is winning right now in okay. terms of guests. But we'll, we'll see yeah. what we can do about that. Okay. <laughs> so, Pam, again, welcome to the show. Now, you spoke about your latest feather in your cap, author. So, I'm going to ask you this. Why do you actually think you're here what is your purpose and i've given that lots of lots of thought mm. and um it's a shame that i've had to get to a milestone birthday to actually recognize what my purpose is can we be cheeky and ask which milestone i am 50 years old what? 50 years and blessed okay yeah. all the oils people all the oils <laughs> because if you see pamela she's definitely using all the oils yeah. right um so um that's where I think where my purpose has come from mm -hmm. to make sure that I get the word out there about domestic abuse mm -hmm. and I use the word abuse rather than domestic violence mm -hmm. because 
domestic violence gives people the excuse to say, well, actually, he's not beating me, so okay. um, this doesn't apply to me. So right. um, we look at all the other forms of domestic uh, abuse as well. Okay. And I think my platform here is to raise those issues for women to recognise their situation mm-hmm. and take action because that's okay. not love. Okay. Well, we'll definitely dive into that a bit more because it features predominantly in in your book, Loving yes. the Brothers. Yes. So we'll definitely dive into that a bit more. So we've already established that you're a BIM girl. You're from Barbados. Your parents are from Barbados. That's right. Um, when did you fall in love? When did your love affair with Barbados begin? My love affair with Barbados started way back in 1980. Mm-hmm. My, when we were living in Cannon Town, my mother brought all the girls into the bedroom Right. Shut the door behind you. Right. Draw the curtains uh-huh. and in whispers, we're going home. Yeah. And she said, we're going home. We're going home. Okay. And you mustn't tell anyone that you're traveling. You uh-huh. know. Right. So we had to sit on this secret for, for weeks and weeks. And you did. And we did. Oh, I wouldn't dare break that, break whatever code that was um, okay. and, and tell anyone. And we flew out to Barbados in 1980. So I was 12 years old. Right. My sister was 11 and my um, baby sister was two years old. And I still remember meeting relatives at the airport. We were all dressed all poshly because back then you had to dress to go home. Are you sure you know, did? you were showing people, you know, these are my children, these uh-huh. are my offspring. So we were on show going to Barbados for the first time. I remember the heat, how hot everything was, and we weren't accustomed to it. Mm-hmm. I remember staying with our relatives in Pool Tennant in St. John. Right, um, and that's our, a parish. That's a St. John's yeah. a parish, okay. and Pool Tennant's a little village that we stayed in. Mm-hmm. I remember the cane fields and how tall they were, um, you know, opposite our house. I remember meeting relatives for the first time and getting confused, not quite sure who was uncle, who mm-hmm. was, gra- you know, who was our granddad, who was our great aunt and everyone inspecting us really. So it was it was phrases like, girl, you look like your grandmother. You know? <laughs> Say that again, because the Bayesian accent is one accent I cannot do. <laughs> it's, girl, you look like your grandmother. You yeah? look like your grandmother. Yeah. No, I still sound division. Mm, no, you, you'll get there. Um, but um, uh, we never met our grandmothers, mm. so we didn't know who we looked like. We didn't ah, know where we got okay. our complexion from, where we got our nose from, um, where we got our attitude from. From, um, but it was a revelation in terms of realizing not much family in the UK, not much family in London, but so much family in Barbados. Barbados. And that was, you know, my uncle got tired of introducing us to everyone, so he just said, you know, Pam, you see all these people here. There's your family. There's your family. And that, that was the that was the end of it. I love it. Yeah. So that was my first love affair with Barbados, eating fresh mangoes, mm. eating fresh fruit, but also seeing. Black teachers, black pilots, black immigration officers, everything was black, everything was Caribbean. Everything was, and that you. was yeah, and that wasn't um something that I was accustomed to. Right. So it's interesting what the media at that time back in the um late seventies, early eighties was telling us about, you know, what black what the Caribbean was like. What were what was the mess what were the messages? The messages then? was that it was mud huts and flies and poverty and mm. that type of thing. So going at twelve years old meant that when I came back from Barbados for the first time, I knew that the Caribbean wasn't like that and I could challenge the teachers and I could challenge, you know, literature and textbooks and things like that. Perfect. It just wasn't like that. Perfect. And how has your 
connection and your love for Barbados impacted on the Pamela Haynes that we know now? Well, one of the first thing I did when I had children was to make sure they saw Barbados as early as possible. So my children went to Barbados for the first time when they were two and three years old. Mm -hmm. And um, every morning we would get up, look at the map of Barbados, pick somewhere where we wanted to see, jump in the car and off we'd go with our little picnic. So they got to see the, you know, they're they're both beach, love the beach and love the sea. They're both excellent swimmers. And um, I wanted them to be able to appreciate the um, Barbados from a very very early uh, early age and their love affair now they've started their own love affair um, with Barbados as well and that is you know it's such an important thing to do and I'm so happy that you did that because essentially you were grounding your children you were giving them their roots you were showing them their heritage and their legacy Oh, oh, absolutely. I want them to be able to say that they are, you know, um, proud to be associated with um, Barbados. They know what the flag means. I can still remember my my younger son drawing the flag of Barbados um, with pride um, and knowing what it means. So, yeah, that was very important to me. Fantastic. And, you know, Pam, I met you through a mutual friend. You know, we played mass together. Yes, we have. <laughs> that yes. was the first time we met. We were playing mass with a beer, right? That's right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Amazing. And and we've developed our own friendship and our own professional relationship as well. You know, yes. you support us. We support you. We love everything that you do. And you are one of our biggest supporters of the Island Girls Rock movement. And I also know you to be the baker of the most amazing cakes. Yes. You know, but... How how do you how do you wear all of these hats? You know, author, mother, baker, because you're an entrepreneur, and also your nine to five, which I would love you to speak about a bit as well. Yes. You know, so tell us about your nine to five, and then you know, explain to us how you're how you're balancing all of this. Well, my nine to five is as a senior probation officer. Uh, working for the probation service mm-hmm. and it's a career that is now 31 years old Wow! but it's also a very stressful career trying mm-hmm. to manage people and to manage service users mm-hmm. so at some stage I needed to have an outlet or you know something else that I could bounce off of the the nine to five a way of de-stressing Around that time, my parents also went back to Barbados Ah, um, to live. We're going to speak about that later. And you know when you just want a little piece of Bajan sweet bread or or, um, pudding or something. I have a confession. Right. So I had to ring Skype my mom and said, look... How do I make this right. dish? So that's how Bajan Delights and all of my ah. interest in um, baking has come from. Okay. So then she Skyped me through the ingredients and how the method of how to do things. Mm-hmm. She held some things back. Why I'm, do only you... learning. <laughs> I'm only learning that's now. That's so typical. Yeah. Why, yeah. Do, why do mothers do that? Because they don't really measure anything. Ah, okay. Yeah. So they all don't, right. you know, it's not like a conventional recipe. Mm-hmm. It's not written down. Mm-hmm. It was something that was handed over to her from her great aunt to my mom and now to me. So mm-hmm. I know the secrets now, but she did hold back a she few. She held back a bit. In, okay. in the beginning. Right. So that's where the... the um, my my joy. I like mm. the whole thing about making something mm-hmm. that somebody else will enjoy. Right. So, so, you know, your food and your baking was 
you know, because your parents had left. That's right. They'd returned to Barbados yeah. full time now. That's and right. I know you were pretty devastated by that. So in a way, these Skype sessions were, you know, keeping you connected to your, your mom. But Absolutely. also, you know, as you said, you know, your, your nine to five was quite stressful. So almost a form of self-care. That's you know, right. you were using cooking and baking to self-care. Well, that's one thing that I do remember, because mm. when they were in the UK, every Friday would go and see them. Ah. And there's always some kind of smells, some kind of scents coming from the kitchen, um, you know, preparation for soup. You know, mm. Saturday soup will be another big one that I've learned to master. Okay, okay. Now, I'm now the woman with the big pot now. Yes. yes. Uh-uh. yes. Okay. All I've right, arrived. Do you have a vegan version? Mm. Um, yes, I can. Oh, yes. yes, I can. So um, my dumplings are still need a little bit of okay. work, but they're getting, they're getting there. Right. But it is definitely a way of me connecting with Barbados, mm-hmm. with my parents, mm-hmm. with my Bajan roots. Mm-hmm. And um, I think it's something that, you know, I want to pass on to my children as well. So these recipes stay alive. Your connection to Barbados inspired many things. How did that impact on your writing and your decision to want to officially become a storyteller because that's who you are you know it's something that I've always dreamt about doing right and it's something that's always been on my list of things to do Mm -hmm. and when I was 48 my 50s my 50th birthday was looming fast and I had to decide whether I wanted to do my master's Mm -hmm. or I wanted to write a book I love that at 48 you were tossing about like you know these two ideas masters Mm. or write a book yeah I love that and we need to hear more stories of women over 40 still living their lives oh absolutely and um when people say that life begins at 50, mm-hmm. it, it most certainly does. All right. okay. yeah. So lots more opportunities have come my way. Mm-hmm. But the main platform that's launched me into all of these opportunities mm-hmm. will definitely have to have been writing, writing okay. the book. Okay. So I've had the title for decades. <laughs> I've always been interested in um, domestic abuse. And why is Um, that, Pam? Because in my role um, at work, I work with perpetrators and I work with victims of domestic abuse. And obviously been privileged to hear thousands of stories Mm. over a 30-year career, you know, uh, from both sides. And I thought, one day I'm actually going to write a book um, okay. you know, about this. So it originally started off as a book for victims. So if you knew someone who was a victim of domestic abuse, mm-hmm. they would write a chapter. Mm-hmm. You know, then somebody else would write okay. a chapter, and I would so it was collect, a collaborative, like, um, yeah, anthology, okay. and I'd put all these stories together. Mm-hmm. But um, more um, recently, I thought I wanted to take it away from it being someone's personal story and to make it a piece of fiction. Okay, and why? Well, why did you make that decision? Um, because I believe I've got my own story to okay. my own story to tell. Right. Yeah. And that this book was now birthing inside of me, and I wanted to tell my. Own. We're very good about telling stories as a African Caribbean community, mm, yes, but we're we not very good about writing them down. So I wanted to tell my own story about domestic abuse, mm-hmm. and I started when I was forty-eight. You know, very very basic sheet of paper, wrote the title down, and I just started started from there. So it took me quite a long time mm-hmm. trying to balance writing the story working full time raising a family and all the challenges that come up with that as well right. um, but I want uh, I definitely wanted to tell my own story I've had the privilege 
of reading and the name of the book is Loving Loving the Brothers. Yes. Um, and you very kindly gave me a signed copy. Hey, You're welcome. Thank you very much. The first thing that struck me was that because I don't know what my expectations were. I think I was expecting Barbados to be all over the book. But all the main characters are Jamaican. Yes. Why did you choose to do that? Why Jamaicans? Um, I have other books coming. Mm -hmm. So in my other books, I'll be covering Mm -hmm. Barbadians. I'll be covering Asian people. I'll be covering... There are more books in you. There are more more books in me. Um, Loving the Brothers is a trilogy. Mm. So Loving the Sisters, hoping to release that in November. And then Loving the Children. Uh, will come after that so there's a um, domestic abuse is so wide Mm -hmm. um, and the spectrum in terms of victims and perpetrators it's so wide Mm -hmm. I needed to start somewhere okay Um, growing up in Canning Town we were surrounded by lots of Jamaican families right yeah okay and the church I went to was predominantly Jamaican okay yeah they brought their faith with them Mm -hmm. from the Caribbean to this country Mm -hmm. they weren't always welcomed in um, established churches so they started their own churches in their front rooms mm-hmm. and uh, if that's my experience that's where I have to start that's where from. you start yeah okay. so that's where I grasp my experience and my knowledge from so I started with um, the Jamaican um, you know community and yeah. um, I've tried to keep it as authentic as I can you have uh, oh thank you you have thank done you. an amazing job Pam. yeah um, you really have I've been to Jamaica I've been blessed to go to Jamaica mm-hmm. twice mm-hmm. Um, so the first time I stayed in Montego Bay the right. second time in Ocherias. So although part of the book is based in um, Negril, um, I hope that I was able to capture how beautiful the um, island is, how beautiful the people um, are as well, and to do um, Jamaica justice mm-hmm. um, in the book. Okay. And as we've mentioned, you know, your experience working with with victims and perpetrators yes. of domestic abuse, and that features heavily in the book that is a a thread that um, a common thread that a few of the main characters share from from both sides of the equation Um, and so my question for you is this surrounding domestic abuse in the Caribbean you know we have a huge problem with domestic abuse but in terms of the resources and the facilities to support survivors and victims it's still growing you know how do you see perhaps you telling this story actually helping and impacting on the views of women who are going through this and not just women but people because both men and women are are victims of domestic abuse and I think that's really important that we say that Um, how do you see you telling this story as actually helping victims and survivors of domestic abuse, especially those experiencing this in the Caribbean? I mean, I can't get everywhere. I can't get around the world. No. But the wonderful thing about having a book is Mm -hmm. that you can use it as a platform. My Mm -hmm. book is being read in Australia. It's being read in New Zealand. It's being read in America. And it's been read, more importantly, in the Caribbean as well. And um, I know that the book is in Barbados because, you know, thanks to Amazon, you can get to read reviews 
from people, <laughs> you know, all over. Mm. And what's really good about the book is that it resonates with people wherever they happen to be mm. in the world. So awareness is already being raised in Trinidad, it's being raised in Jamaica, it's being raised in Barbados. So I'm hoping to use it as a platform that at some stage I will be invited to the Caribbean to be a guest speaker, mm-hmm. um, and perhaps through the University of the West Indies. Mm-hmm. And I've got a few connections throughout the Caribbean. People have already asked me to come to Antigua mm-hmm. you know, next year. Because what I want to happen is a community response to domestic domestic violence, so an mm-hmm. international response. Mm-hmm. I mean, for example, if um, a woman's in danger in Barbados, you know, she can't move to the next gap. He'll find her. her. I can't move to St. Lucie. The island is so tiny. Yes. um, Women will be found. Yes. So um, I'm looking at a Caribbean response to domestic abuse Mm -hmm. where the woman perhaps may move island. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, we can take St. Lucian women in who need safety, you know, so um, people are spread around the Caribbean for their own safety. Mm-hmm. So that's what I would want to be pressing the okay. um, the government. I absolutely um, love that vision. Mm-hmm. Really do. And if there's any way that IGR can support you, just let us know. Cause well, we, ha- we have CARICOM, there. don't we, that yes. do other things. So I'm hoping that yes. there's a kind of CARICOM response to keep women safe. Yeah, it's that simple, isn't it? keep women safe. So my next question for you, Pam, is this. You know, we know that you believe women of colour, especially those from the Caribbean. We should tell our own stories more. This is something that you've been very vocal about. Um, How do you feel about the way we are presently represented in terms of print, TV, film and media in general? Um, And do you think we should be pushing for more representation to tell our stories in those areas as well? Well, um, one thing about being uh, an author is Mm. is that um, I also love to read. Right. And um, I have found myself, the older I get, moving away from established American, black, African, um, American um, authors Mm -hmm. and moving more towards Caribbean authors. So um, I'm discovering them. And what I like about the book club that you do, you you introduce Caribbean authors that I would not um, necessarily have heard of. So I'm thinking about um, the the book about the woman from Barbados. I think her name is Naomi. Yes, Naomi's book. Okay, yeah. I shame. Yeah. I can't remember the name right now. The We're bright so sorry, side Naomi. of Bird Hill. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, that was that was for me, it was so refreshing to see a uh, a Caribbean coming of age story. Absolutely. It was beautiful to read that. Yes. You know, because when you think of coming of age stories, you typically envision, as you said, you know, a film or it's either black American or just not even black people, because apparently we don't have these beautiful Mm. summer experiences. Um, So, yeah, I I completely agree with you. So um, I'm discovering um, Mm. writers like that who Mm. are writing from a Caribbean perspective. Um, And I feel when I read those books as though I'm there with them and I know the stories, you know, I think they fly in from the States, don't they? Yeah. And um, the the, the, the the whole ritual of spending the summer—that's right, back home. That's right, Right. and I I have done that. Yes, but um, I do think that we are um, 
un, underrepresented um, in in terms of print. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that more women should be encouraged to write their stories down, mm-hmm. and I believe that all women have a story in them, whether it's a coming of age or growing up in the UK or um, you know in my book you know domestic abuse. Yes. But I do believe that all women have a story. Poetry, um, mm-hmm. you know, and um, we should be looking to smaller publishing houses to okay. print our stories as well okay. and there are quite a few um, black owned um, publishing houses that we should be supporting in mm. terms of making sure that our work gets out there okay can you give mm. us the names of a few well um, my publisher mm-hmm. is Marcia M. Spence Publishing House mm-hmm. they're based in Birmingham okay and I found her by attending an event and I just happened to be sitting on the same table as her okay um, and she had a stack of her books that she had just um, um, published called Geraldine's Pearl and I said to her you know what one day I'm going to write a book so we swapped details Mm. yeah and then um, uh, got back in touch with her when I had written something down and from then on it's just been a timetable of when to get things in when to submit my manuscript going backwards and forwards about you know how you know the whole um, publishing process and you know fortunately my book was published on the 8th of January this year and it's been a roller coaster I've been following your journey on social media you're very good at social media I've been following you and all the press that you've been getting well done congratulations Pam I don't think I've even congratulated you on publishing your first my first novel your yeah. first yep and I got it we're done looking for the others I got it done eight weeks before my 50th birthday which yes. I was really really pleased about because yes. I didn't want to go into you know sometimes you go into your 50s and then suddenly you're you know you get caught up with something else and mm-hmm. then you lose your dreams about what you want to do I wanted right. I wanted my 50s to be the start of um, the, my, my dreams and and, it, and getting them done and sometimes it can be overwhelming I mean um, the, the when I first had work published in a, an article published in a newspaper there was two newspapers in the same week and it was Windrush week and it just felt you know right you know the first generation British woman has you know you know is finally in print and yes. uh, my, my, my parents are just ever so proud uh, are proud of me be. as well they yeah. must be mm-hmm. so you had I think I'm just going to go back a little bit. You had the book launch. When was it? Was it I was February? In February. Yeah. Yes. Were your parents able to attend? Or did yes, you... my parents they came were over. here. Yeah, they were yes. here from Barbados. They were up the front. Mm-hmm. You know, my mum said she felt like the bride's mother. Okay. Because all of my friends, family, colleagues, mm-hmm. um, people who had heard about um, the uh, the book launch, mm-hmm. came over to her and um, introduced themselves. And uh, my publisher was very good because I've got I use a lot of um, uh, Bajorisms, I suppose. You Okay. called them in the book as well okay. so she wanted to know what cheese on bread meant and yes. my dad took <laughs> could pleasure you say, could you yeah. actually say cheese on bread cheese on bread yeah alright <laughs> so um, you know my dad took pleasure in telling people what that meant and mm-hmm. it, so it was really really nice that people were really really welcoming and friendly towards them as okay. well so they had a good time I'm really happy here. that they were able to witness yeah. that mm. they, they must be proud they have to be proud so Pam you know what's next for loving the brothers you know where are you going to be making your next appearances appearances sorry or you know leading any workshops 
Well, on, um, on writing or domestic abuse, you yeah. know, what's happening? Well, um, I attended an event called Conversation Cafe. Ah, okay. Yeah. All right. Which um, led me full circle back to Canning Town where I grew up. Um, so I thought that, that was quite poignant as well. The mm. very first speaking engagement that I get to do is um, back at Canning Town, in uh, back, uh, Canning Town Library. Wow. And... Um, I would say about 17 women showed up for mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Um, they So they joined a mother's group and they joined their regular group, which mm-hmm. is a domestic abuse group. They okay. joined them together. Okay. And I think it was important for the women who had just had children to, um, to be aware of the, the issues around domestic abuse. Mm-hmm. Um, so I touched on basically my life story. Mm-hmm. Um, I touched on uh, my book journey mm-hmm. and trying to encourage the women to tell their stories as well, even if you don't want to tell them to anybody else. But get a book and do journaling. You know, okay. just write down what their current experiences are okay. and what they're feeling because that's therapeutic in itself as well. And do you see yourself doing more of that? Um, every time I speak, every time I go on the radio, every time I go on TV, people are contacting me wanting to know whether they are victims of domestic abuse. Really? And I think I think that's that's a shame, really, that um, it's so entrenched. Identify. No, no, which is why I use domestic abuse and not domestic violence okay. because people know what domestic violence is, okay. but, but they're not certain whether they are victims of domestic abuse. Okay. And um, so I have done one-to-one work with wow. um, women around domestic abuse. And is this all off the back of Loving all the Brothers? All the back ma'am. of um, the book. It's, it, as I said, it's just given me a platform mm. to be able to talk about what the um, issues are. So okay. I've talked to people on a one-to-one. I've also signposted people onto other services, um, which uh, I'm really pleased to be able to do so some of our women are in counseling and therapy which i'm really which i'm really pleased about and um, people have just reached out you know on whatsapp you just never know okay and which is why i'm encouraging the island girls rock women just be a sister friend to someone else absolutely whether that's a work colleague Mm. whether that's a cousin a sister you know your own mother Mm. but be a sister friend to someone because one in three women experience domestic abuse in her in her her lifetime Mm. and we know where this can end up two women in the UK die each week as a result of domestic abuse by a current or former partner so it's something that needs addressing okay so what what we need to do is because your book has definitely resonated it's impacted people are opening up that's right so we need to sell more of your books and get more people reading your book it's an important piece of work and it's accessible Yes. You know, it makes and not not to make light of domestic abuse at all in any way, form or shape, but it, it's easily understood. Yes. So where can people purchase your book? The book on Amazon. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it, it's there on Kindle mm-hmm. and you can also get a hard copy as well. So okay. Amazon.co.uk. OK. And where can we find you on the interwebs? Where can I we find everywhere, you? I am everywhere, as you know. I've stepped up my <laughs> so social media up game. Yeah. All right. So what's your handle? So I'm on Instagram at Loving the Brothers Author. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm on Facebook as Pamela R. Haynes. Mm-hmm. I also have a 
Loving the Brothers Facebook page. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm on Twitter at Pam Pam Haynes. Pam you know, Pam. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm all over. Okay, that, really. brilliant. Yeah. Pamela, it's been really lovely um, having this conversation with you, finding out what's been happening since the amazing launch of Loving the Brothers. Once again, thank you for our signed copy. No problem. Um, we're definitely looking forward to supporting you as much as we can as your journey continues. Thank you for the work that you're doing and for the lives that you're changing, the lives that you are touching. We just want you to know that you appreciate it. And thank you for spending some time with us today. Thank you very much for having me. Thanks for listening to the Island Girls Rock podcast. If you like what you hear, and we really hope you do, please subscribe, rate, or even comment. We'd really love to hear from you. You can catch every episode of Island Girls Rock Podcast on Acast, Apple, CastBox, or your favorite podcast app. You can connect with us on Twitter and Instagram using IGR underscore love or with hashtag Island Girls Rock Pod. You can also visit islandgirlsrock.com to find out more about who we are and what we do. This podcast was produced by Unedited for the Unedited Stories Network. See you again soon.